first yeah. off allow me to say thank you for your time shri it's a pleasure it's a privilege to have a leader of your stature on our call and we are actually looking forward to learning from you in fact our leaders uh, our community is waiting to listen to you as well so thank you for taking the time hey thanks venki uh, for having me um, it's pleasure and privilege also to have conversation with you definitely definitely allow me to start off uh, shri i mean uh, i remember in one of your blog posts you had mentioned that your father was a temple priest which means you must have grown up with a lot of values and principles how is that yeah. helping you to build better leaders shri yeah so thank you that's a great question it's not only for me uh, it's all of us are product of our own experiences and this experiences uh, right from childhood uh, the schooling uh, the neighborhood experience the family experience then you get into higher education experience then uh, i have 27 years of uh, work experience uh, spread across various uh, companies so all of us uh, who we are today is a product of our own experiences but uh, some of the uh, leadership traits and personality get molded very early part of your life uh, then what it does uh, every incident is only a accelerator or a reinforcer mm. so what we are today greatly is uh, part of uh, our childhood experiences so in that way i am blessed to have a great childhood experiences i am born and brought up in trivandrum in the temple city of uh, padmanabha swami temple wow. uh, so uh, two three things it's really helped me one is as you rightly said uh, having right morality and values mm. um and the fear of uh, god uh, when you do anything if nobody is watching you then you tend to uh, behave differently uh, but when you have a religious uh, background um, you know that somebody is watching above <laughs> the sky for all the earth and it all the time all the time so the, the definition of um, values is preference for the preferable mm-hmm. and uh, like we say uh, the definition of uh, value and culture is how do you behave when the lights light is off mm-hmm. how do you behave behave nobody seeing you uh, but in so that's one of the biggest thing i um, grow up with a uh, beliefs and fear of god that if you do something uh, it will not be right if you do it unethical things and it will come back to you so that is one thing sure. uh, the second one um, Uh, all of us are blessed with uh, the good deeds uh, your ancestors have done for you uh, what today is product of our good deeds of our ancestors so my uh, two generation or three generations um, have done lot of good deeds uh, um, uh, as part of the religious uh, ceremonies and uh, festivals as well as practices and uh, so what i i always uh, believe in fact you don't believe you believe horoscope in my horoscope it clearly shows that um, what i am today because of the lot of blessings from my uh, great grandfathers <laughs> and uh, father yeah so uh, that is a little tricky uh, the similarly what you do today uh, your children will get impact if you don't do right deeds absolutely uh, so while you yeah while you thank your ancestors and uh, forefathers uh, good uh, uh, karma uh, which you are reaping it uh, similarly you need to force to do the same thing so that your kids uh, will be impacted or reap the good karma you do it so that's one of the belief uh, i always uh, practiced in my leadership journey uh, the uh, next uh, two things is very important for me is uh, you know when i 
grow up in an ecosystem where uh, we have limited uh, resources mm. to meet our uh, uh, requirements. Mm. So my dad used to tell me there are three types of uh, uh, needs. One is basic needs. Uh, we call it as necessary. Right. Uh, then uh, uh, luxury and unnecessary. So uh, <laughs> we have been taught uh, into whenever we put a proposal for doing something in childhood, he, he used to ask us to clarify classify them in one of the unnecessary, necessary and luxury. Mm. And uh, of course, unnecessary and uh, luxury, you never get it. Only you'll get it what is necessary. <laughs> so you you have to use your own uh, thing. So uh, why I'm mentioning that is, you know, uh, when I was a young boy, I was very thin, mm. um, a little introvert because of my family background mm. and a lack of confidence uh, because of uh, some of the difficulties you have gone through in the childhood. So I was very comfortable in my skin. I never mm. uh, thought of um, who I am uh, with artificial things. So mm. I was, I, I'm very visible, very transparent. So one of the leadership quality today you need to have it. Leaders, leaders are vulnerable. Mm. And um, leaders should be very comfortable in their skins, whatever it may be. Whether you're a thin, tall, white, uh, black, or uh, <laughs> introvert, or you should be very comfort skin my childhood experience taught me how to become comfortable in your skin uh, that uh, turns into later on the leadership values of authenticity uh, the authenticity comes from uh, people who are comfortable in their skins are very authentic True. Um, so uh, the childhood experience two three things uh, uh, the fear of uh, uh, something is watching you so you always need to do the right things in your life True. the second one um, is um, only focus on what is necessary mm. and avoid luxury and unnecessary things in life. Uh, so the concept of frugality and what mm. we talk in today management uh, is very, very important, and which I learned in GE and Britannia and a couple of companies I worked Toyota. These are very rich companies, but um, they behave like a middle-class Indian family, like frugality when it comes to even Amazon. Now, one of the yeah, values yeah. is frugality. Uh, so the, I learned frugality, mm. which I practice today as part of the uh, uh, expense management in companies where I work. Um, then the uh, third one is being comfortable in your skin or mm. authentic. And the fourth one is I learned relationship, importance of relationship in mm. life. Uh, I'm a, from childhood, I uh, cared a relationship with my friends, my community, my family, uh, my professors. Uh, for example, still I'm in touch with a, uh, a teacher who taught me in 10th grade. Mm. Um, yeah, still I'm in touch with uh, people uh, who taught me in my undergraduation. Still I'm in touch with uh, professors who ta taught me in masters. I'm um, touch with, before even Facebook and everything came, I used to, whenever I go to Trivandrum, I go and personally meet them. Wonderful. I'm still in touch with my first boss um, to the last boss, who is Mike Laurie, uh, who is uh, in. So I value relationship and it's a lifetime relationship. For me, relationships are lifetime. It's not for a transaction, you build it. So these are the early childhood experience I nurtured. It's still I practice it and it's really helping me uh, to be an effective leader. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, uh, yeah. your leadership is a foundation of values tree. Yes. But I mean, I'm reminded of what made me come out and uh, set up the company. It's, uh, it's what we call a divine responsibility to make others great. Right. It's, it's wonderful. And you were mentioning a number of different companies you were with Britannia, Toyota, right now. GE, yeah. These, yeah, GE, each of these companies tree has mm -hmm. scores, if not hundreds of leaders. 
curious about is how do you develop leaders at scale, Sri? That's a different problem altogether. Absolutely. Um, uh, the first one, I believe um, the leadership and culture are twin brothers or sisters. Um, the leader is a physical twin and the culture is a virtual twin. Mm. Um, and um, these great companies had great culture. Mm. Uh, and um, uh, this culture mold leaders in mass. That's one thing I learned in my life. Mm. Um, you cannot have any number. You can have any number of training programs, coaching, of course, it's a great tool. Sure. But at the end of the day, uh, the culture defines leadership values and leadership values define culture. Mm. And uh, the Toyotas and GEs uh, of the world have a very strong culture. And um, when you get selected, they screen whether you will be fit in this culture. And uh, when you onboard, uh, you are assimilated into this culture um, from the day one. Uh, mm. Then um, the culture will correct the leadership behavior. Culture will set expectation. Culture will mold um, your values uh, and uh, your attributes. So the mass uh, leadership development uh, tool is culture. That's what I want to think. And this company is strongly focused on culture so that the culture uh, direct uh, leadership behavior and corrects it uh, in its own systems and process. That's one thing very, very important. Um, the uh, second one uh, is uh, this company uh, given ownership of leadership development to the leaders. Mm. Um, it's not a checkbox. Um, I have seen some of the companies, you attend this training program, you get this coached. It's not a checkbox. This, these companies have given the greater accountability of development to these leaders. Wonderful. And yeah, these leaders, uh, it is yours to build it. Uh, we have infrastructure, we have programs, um, we have uh, systems, process, uh, everything, but you, you need to build it. So the accountability is shifted to the leaders. And uh, I remember when I was in G, I was the first master black belt in talent oh. or HR. Uh -huh. uh, so G had a phenomenal programs like CAP, uh, Crotonville training program. Mm. Um, then we had uh, coaching infrastructure available. So it's it's yours to own it and yours to build it. Nobody um, will follow and trace it. And if you don't do it, the consequence you have to face it of uh, not becoming a good leader uh, kind of a thing. That's the second one. Mm. Uh, the third one and the fourth one is um, the concept of leadership is in an ecosystem, ecosystem of the community. Beautiful. Uh, you have a subordinate, you have peers, uh, you have bosses, you have customers, you have vendors, you have different stakeholders. Sure. And uh, the leadership um, dynamics or a growth is how you interact with this ecosystem. Mm. Um, even with a subordinates, a 360 view of uh, what we could, then it become a 360 feedback all these kind of things. So you need to really understand uh, you are not alone in an island. Uh, you are leading a people uh, which you need to be a good subordinate to become a good leader. Uh, you need to be a good peer to become a good leader. You need to be a good uh, leader uh, mm. to lead others. It's a privilege and an honor. Uh, so these are three things I said. Mass leadership development require a culture mm. uh, which influence leadership. Second one, it's an ownership is with the leaders. Uh, there are a lot of infrastructure available like EY we call it it's yours to build it mm. uh, the last one is uh, the dynamics between the 360 degree stakeholders is important that's how you develop yourself uh, maybe if I add one more thing uh, is um, these companies value leadership that's very very important mm. many organizations they Although they talk about leadership and everything, they don't value leadership. Um, and uh, and we, these companies consider leadership as an intangible asset. Yeah. 
um, and uh, which is uh, they want to nurture it they want to quantify it uh, they want to evaluate it uh, so that's one thing uh, leadership matters in this company but i worked in some of the companies the leadership doesn't matters um, because there is no role models and there is no leadership influencers um, and we don't know how leadership is valued in this company so that's the fourth one i added yeah beautiful beautiful and then what i'm learning here sri is that it's it's a number of different elements that comes together it is not one single recipe that you go ahead and build it yeah now one of the things that i've impressed me sri whenever i meet with you is how you build multiple things together the i mean i call this the intersection of technology intersection of people intersection of innovation things like that i mean what i'm curious about is how does shri learn yeah that's a good question um, for me um, the learning starts curiosity mm. uh, i remember um, in my childhood um, one of my professor uh, told me nobody can teach anybody only people can learn from others <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah you can take a horse to a uh, water but he cannot make it uh, drink mm. because the horse will only drink um, if it's feel thirsty so um, i always believed in learning rather than teaching uh, you need to learn yourself and um, the curiosity is one thing the teacher uh, put on the students so uh, that is one thing i can for example i was a psychology student and uh, still i learned psychology because i'm very passionate i'm curious about what's happening in the field of psychology that's one thing mm. so curiosity is very very important um, in ey standards we call it as better questions mm. and curiosity is one of our leadership trait and right. that uh, you want to know more and more and more and more the second one is i strongly believe um, unless you share what you learned um your learning is incomplete very nice. um so uh, i always share what i learned uh, with the people mm. uh even the teachers day uh, day for yesterday i got a lot of uh, uh, messages and everything from people whom i worked with 25 years and even some of my uh, students friends classmates in masters mm. i used to be considered as first level teacher <laughs> they will come to me before exams uh, before exams people ask me sri can you come one hour before the exams because you tell everything like a story which will remember in our mind very nice so i go exam before bunch of us sit together one hour before or two hours before exams and uh, i will share what i learned uh, like a story um, main themes and everything so that stick to the people so second one is after curiosity is you need to if you want to learn more and more you need to share more and more then only you can learn it the third and most important thing i happen to as a psychology student i heard a uh, colb's khlb colb is an experiential learning mm. so colb uh, uh, theory of learning is what i followed it it have four dimensions mm. and uh, um, both uh, all the four dimensions are uh, bipolar opposite mm. Mm. the vertical axis uh, is called concrete experience and abstract conceptualization mm. uh, these are two opposite dimension and um, the horizontal is reflective observation and active experimentation mm. so if you really look at learning is a journey where you start with the, for example concrete experience for example you and me are interacting today is a concrete experience for us true then after this i will go and reflectively observe did i articulate very well did i Uh, mention everything rightly uh, so i reflect myself 
or i can reflect call you and ask venki hey how was it everything is okay uh, uh, did you any, any feedback for me that's called reflective observation mm. then you need to make a track conceptualization when i have an extra time such interview what should be my thought process to explain Beautiful. then when i get the next time i should apply that experiment it then it become a concrete experience mm. so uh, people seldom don't go through this cycle for example not that everything start in concrete experience abstract conceptualization is i read a book called g way or google mm. way mm. that's a concept concept correct but i never experienced it mm. but i need to experiment some of the learnings and create concrete experience based on that then reflectively observe Correct. so the ability to go through this so what i have done in my learning i always uh, whatever i learn apply it to put in simple way it's very good apply right. it and uh, test it um, you call it innovation or application i'll test it mm. then i will learn immediately then share my learnings with a couple of people <laughs> so that's my le- learning style or um, leadership learning style which uh, i really help me then the last one is um, you know uh, there's a saying in uh, ey unless you push your boundaries you never can break it um, so i uh, never believed in although my talent is my profession or hr uh, i learned quality six sigma uh, data science technology sap so i push my boundaries i did not contain myself as a talent leader try to grow within the talent or hr i was a chr twice uh, but i was a business leader thrice i was a mnda head i was a, a cio in britannia and people ask me how can hr professional get into multiple discipline i said it's nothing there's no boundaries uh, if you put your boundaries and at last one i put the boundaries are not defined by companies the boundaries are defined by us uh, we have mental boundaries oh this is not acceptable in this company this company doesn't accept appreciate it and everything so break your mental boundaries push it hard and break it unless you push it and set your limit then last one is when you push it your boundaries you are getting more space to operate in i want more space to operate as a leader and you know shrini rao who is my boss uh, delegates a lot and he gives a lot of space so i don't suffocate it uh, if i don't have space i suffocate it and i give space that space to my team unless i get the space i cannot give the space to my team so i always not only for my need i think people want space to operate and uh, allow them to acquire more and more spaces um, that's what i have done it yeah Excellent, excellent. I love that teach to learn Srini. And in fact, people whom I interact with, they are saying, I'm either doing this project for Srini, he has given me this book to read, or he has sent me this article to read. Right? I mean, all of that is coming through in, in how you are sharing, caring, and energizing. I mean, at the same time, you're learning as well. Absolutely. Which brings me to another important point, Srini. Remember, as a leader, you are learning. but the fact is there are a number of people who are missing out on opportunities especially in this times of change right covid 19 there is so much change that is happening so in from your leadership position tree what are those blind spots that you are observing in leaders what what are they missing out on yeah. again um, the form uh, the first thing i always believe um the covid has uh, separated us physically isn't it uh, we can't meet in person and everything but it has brought us together psychologically uh, that means i get to spend lot of time with my team today when i talk to you i saw a painting behind you then ask hey what is that painting 
then somebody moved behind you, your son or a daughter or wife or parents. Then I say, hey, who can I say hi to them? Sure. Then uh, background, uh, there's a dog barking. And I say, hey, Venkata, I never know that uh, you have a dog. So uh, this has really brought me psychologically closer to people. So uh, every change, you can see a constraints and an opportunity. Don't look at the constraints, look at the opportunity. And I have seen many people looking only at the constraints. We cannot meet, we cannot do this, we can. I said, no, look at the opportunity, what it provides. That is very, very important. The second one is every change brings a new norm. Uh, and we call it in COVID is new norms are coming. And um, you need to really understand the new norm, uh, how it is going to define your behaviors of leadership, how the new norm is going to change things and accept it and embrace it. It's very important. The new norms has to be accepted very quickly. Uh, the third important point, which I have seen people in this COVID uh, situation is um, like, um, I read a great book on called O's Principles of Accountability. Um, and um, people start blaming uh, the situations. Uh, the blame game is very high. In O's Principle, it says that there are four stages to drive accountability. One is you see it. You need to see it. For example, you're uh, working with me. Uh, sometimes you don't see it. A leader's job is to make you to see the opportunity or a threat. Once you see it, then next step is you need to own it. You say, well, I've seen it, it's not my problem. It's not my thing. It's somebody has to do it. Then I make you to own it. You, first I made you to see it. Then I made you to own it. Then third one is I ask you to solve it. Then again, people solve in PowerPoint presentations and meeting rooms and everything. Then they don't do it what they solved it. So the real challenge in today's world is how do you make your people to see what is happening around you in the COVID? How do you make them to own it? Then how do you make them to solve it? And how do you make them to do it? And these are four stages we need to take it. I've seen this. What I worked with my team is today is to make people to see it, own it, do uh, solve it and do it. Then the last one uh, is very, very important is uh, today uh, we need to really uh, look at what you call it as um, transformative leaders are essential. Like in EY, we call it as we don't want transactional leaders yeah. uh, in COVID world. Mm -hmm. The transactions will automatically will taken care. And there are leaders or there are people who are comfortable and do it. Sure. This is an era of transformation. And I call it transformative leaders lead to win. Transactional leaders lead not to lose. They play defense. In a football, transactional leaders draw is okay for them. So they will be defending their goal post, uh, ensure that nobody put a goal on their post. They are transactional leaders for them. They're leading not to lose. But transformative leaders lead to win. Uh, for them, they will be in opposition goal post. And for them, draw is not okay. They have to win. They're okay with losing it. If it loses, it's a learning. But draw is not okay. So today I've seen many of the behavior, what I'm trying with my team is also, don't lead to, not to lose. Don't play defensive. Like, oh, in this place, like um, if I have a job, that's fine. Uh, because a lot, of, a lot of people are laying off. So if I have a job means I'm doing well. That is lead not to lose. In this, it's not only having a job, but I, I see a growth opportunity in this marketplace. For example, I was thinking I'm so excited in this marketplace. Now this is a place I feel I can be more and more relevant. Yeah. 
with my leadership style and competencies like so i want to advise to people don't lead to not to lose don't pay defensive don't come to settlement saying that if i get a job or if i have a job if i secure a job it's okay in this situation my neighbor got fired my colleague got fired no don't settle down that's lead not to lose you need to really progress you need to change you need to transform you need to contribute you need to grow in this place it's very important questions i'm respectful of your time as well shri yeah so normally in organizations what happens is the leader is at the forefront they have these ideas they have this vision they are chugging along at 200 miles per hour the organization is operating at 30 miles per hour yeah how do smart leaders carry the organization along shri yeah absolutely Uh, that's a uh, very very uh, important that's one of the coaching feedback i got it when i left the ge and joined the computer associates um, my boss was a ge person and a good man um and um, he used to really like me a lot that's reason he took me to us for 8 years i worked under him in us and he used to advise two things to me three don't over engineer don't over engineer systems and process where companies cannot digest it cannot take it you need to be balancing optimally uh, the second one he used to tell me you are too fast for the organization and people you scare people you move very fast uh, ensure that you take people along with you uh, that's very very important uh, the third one uh, it was not for me but he used to tell me uh, that uh, people coming from g at that time you know they are very aggressive they walk over the dead bodies of their colleagues and uh, friends and relatives to achieve what they want in life so these three things really uh, help me uh, that being said i never compromise the organization is not ready so i will go slow uh, that's not the right thing to do but how do you take people along with you and you also will need to understand not that everybody can come with you at your velocity and speed don't reduce your speed acknowledge that yes there is a gap between organizational capability and your style of velocity and how do you find balances prepare the organizations uh, to become accelerating along with you and uh, acknowledge that not everybody can come with you i'm not telling others who cannot come fire i'm not telling mm-hmm. in management we know that 20% of the people contribute 80% and 80% of the country people contribute only 20% identify that 20% of the people who can contribute 80% and be with you and raise the bar and stretch the goal for others to follow uh, through that then um, if you ask me this question 10 years back i i said the people who are lagging behind let them leave fire them but today um, i have more heart uh, than ever before last 10 years i learned uh, lessons in life that um, not a single you cannot be popular in organization you cannot do everything but the 20% of the people will run with you and make a difference but how do you care and nurture Uh, and uh, uh, be sensitive to the 80% of the people uh, and give opportunities coach them mend them and it's okay uh, you cannot contribute the way but it's okay but make him also understand where he or she stands if that person believe i am contributing greatly but you are not appreciating i said that's absolutely no he also need to aware that where he or she is i am okay he can be part of my team or she can be part of my team but that awareness and acceptance is very important so these are two three things i will do it and um, at the end of the day um, the team is more important than the leader so how do you take the team along with you and uh, that's very very important yeah
Excellent. And this is extremely useful, Sri. And given somewhere in the middle you mentioned storytelling, let me round off this conversation with a story. You have your children. What mm. stories do you tell them about leadership, Sri? Yeah. It's, it's, a, um, it's a great question. Um, you know, the leadership stories, um, I, will, I liked uh, one of these. That's what I tell uh, um, my family. Also. Lead, if you bring big names like uh, uh, Einstein or um, Jack Welch and everything, not required. The stories of day-to-day um, -day people around you, your servant, uh, your driver, um, uh, your neighbor, uh, the street vendors, uh, they are the daily heroes which you see around you. And uh, you need to tell stories of practical things which they see around themselves. They can touch and feel and smell. Uh, that kind of stories are powerful. If I tell Jack Welch and Abraham Lincoln, that's okay, they have learned in their schools. Uh, that will happen, but that's what I like it. I tell one of my senior partner mentioned, uh, who is your role model? What kind of stories you like to hear from your role model? He said, you know, my role model is the person, whenever I walk to office in the reception, there's a security guard, he smiles every day, greets me. He taught me how to smile. He told me, he's a hero for me because he taught me how to smile. Uh, so uh, the small stories, what you need to teach to your family and children are the stories of real life, which they see every day. It can be your grandmother, it can be your father, your sister, brother, the vendor, street vendor, or the electrician or the plumber comes to your home. These are the stories which is everlasting and make a huge difference to people. Absolutely. And this connects back to the curiosity that you started off with, Sri, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Story hunting and finding yeah. value in that story. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. This has been a great spend of our time, Sri. I should go ahead and thank you from the bottom of my heart and say, this is something that our leaders will find useful. I believe there is a connection that exists between us. I would love to sustain that connection. Absolutely. And, uh, in, in, in the true nature of what we are talking about, I mean, uh, our best wishes to you, Sri. I know for a fact you want to transform an entire organization. In fact, it's a global view as well. Our best wishes to you and our gratitude for your time and commitment, Sri. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for uh, giving an opportunity. Uh, take care and uh, all the best. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks a lot, Sri.